Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, verse 55 through 60, 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 2 through 10, the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, verse 1 through 14, and Psalm 31, verse 1 through 5, and 15 through 16. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I have to tell you all that I love the flying pig. I just think it's great. I don't want to run it or anything, ever. And most of the time that it's happening, I'm in here, right? I don't even get to watch most of it. But I do love the Flying Pig Marathon and the Half Marathon and the whole event around this whole weekend. I love it so much for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons I love it is the energy that it like, creates in the life of this city. This, this marathon of all things, this race, it draws in the city together with this sort of shared enthusiasm and excitement of building up to it and all sorts of people come to it. I love the Flying Pig the same reason I love Fiona the Hippo or Music Hall, or the Bengals, because it's this thing that inexplicably Cincinnatians just rally around and love and take pride in, and there's something about it that draws sort of the best of us into it, right? There's this really wonderful thing um, that happens in all this. Um, we, we, we see something, uh, and we move towards it, and we celebrate it. And I got to tell you, I have a friend uh, who, who she's trying to run a marathon in every state in the country. And uh, so, so a couple years back, she ran for her Ohio marathon, she ran the Flying Pig. She said, of all the marathons I've done, which is a sentence you'll never hear me start with, um, I'll never start a sentence with, with all the marathons I've done. Um, but of all the marathons I've done, she said, I've never seen anything like the Flying Pig. She said, for the entirety of the race, from literally every single mile, there are people cheering you on and making you feel welcome and home. She said, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. And I was like, yeah, that's what I love about it. Other thing I love about it on a very basic level, um, and I was really marveling at this when I, was, uh, when I was inconveniently made to park somewhere else and had to walk a little bit in the rain to come to church. And, you know, for a split mo- second, I was like, grumble, grumble, you know. And then I looked up and I saw the people running. And I saw the people and I heard the people cheering right in front of the church. And it just... I was enveloped by a sense of love and blessing. These people were, were doing something uh, for beautiful and pure and lovely reasons, and that those were, who were gathering around and cheering them on were just doing the same. And I realized something that I loved about the flying pig was it knows exactly what it's about. It's got a clear, it's a clarity of purpose. There's a group of people, they're going to try to run a, a ridiculously stupid long distance, and they're going to do whatever they got to do to try to make it happen, that's the whole thing, okay? They're going to run it. And then there's another group of people who are never going to do that, but they're going to cheer them on. That's the whole thing. It's not about anything else. It's not trying to be anything else. It's not trying to change the world, cure cancer, or, or solve all of our endless problems. Here's a bunch of people going to run a long, stupid distance. Here's a bunch of people going to cheer them on. That's it. It's perfect. It's clear. It knows what it is. Throughout our readings throughout Easter, we're sticking with these readings uh, from the letter uh, from Paul's, or I'm sorry, 1 Peter, Peter's first letter. 
And this letter is a letter to a Christian community, or to really all Christian communities, about what it means to be a Christian community. And at the very beginning of the reading today, he says, my wish is that you'd be like infants that long for the pure spiritual milk, which is the Word of God. And he doesn't just mean memorizing the Bible. When he talks about the Word of God, he's talking about Jesus. And he's talking about what Jesus is doing in the world, has done in the world. And he says, my my goal, my hope for you is you'd just be like infants longing for that spiritual milk. What he's actually talking about when he says that, he says, I want you all to remember what you're about, to go back to the basics, to the fundamentals, to be like babies. If you've ever seen a baby who's hungry, they don't want anything but one thing. They know what they want. And if you're around that, whether it's your baby or not, you know what they want too. And you're like, someone help them, right? They get, what do they want? They want nourishment. They want to be fed. They want what they need. And that's all they're single-minded about, that reality. Peter wants the church to be single-minded and clear about our purpose, about on a basic level why we exist. We want to have the same clarity of purpose, the same simple mindset as the people involved with the flying pig. We want it clear and obvious. I've been thinking a lot about this particular community, the Church of the Redeemer, and the many ways that it's understood its own purpose throughout the years. But I was thinking in particular this week about the building itself, the building of Church of the Redeemer, because in Peter's letter, he talks about us learning what our purpose is, and then he tells us that his desire for us is that we would be like living stones used to build a temple, like our lives would be like the bricks that build this place up. If you look at the reason that they built this specific building when they were building it. Uh, The rector at the time, Max Long, said he believed uh, that they needed to build a bigger building so that they could bless more people. That was the reasoning. They wanted to bless people. They wanted people to be gathered together in order to be blessed. They wanted people to be brought together so they had the opportunity to know about their own belovedness more fully. They needed a building to be able to do that. Plain and simple. Now, before my time, but while some of you all were still here, there was a capital campaign that was used to build all of this other building around here. The Cornerstone campaign was used to build all of this around. And the stated purpose of the building, all of this stuff was not, oh, we need some more space to do some cool things for ourselves. You know, we want to have a little bit more space for parties, though we had a fantastic party here on Friday, and we do have fantastic parties here. But the stated purpose of building this space was we had a desire to bless this neighborhood, to bring people into the space to bless it, a clarity of purpose that we would build a space that people could come in and know that they are belonging, know that they are loved, know that they have a place in this world. Who is it for? anyone who wants it. 
a clarity of purpose. This place was built for blessing. That's what it's for. It was built for blessing a long time ago. It was built again for blessing. And even now we see that to be true. This place hosts gatherings. It hosts 12-step meetings. It hosts worship. Hundreds of people are blessed by this building every single week. We've got Clark students who show up on our front porch by the dozens every single weekday, hang out on the porch, hang out with our people, come on in, study, get picked up by their parents, or wait for the school bus, and this is a place where they feel safe. We are blessing people, and we keep doing that. That is the work. It's the purpose for our existence. We're built for blessing. Peter is saying that this is what you and I are as well. That we exist for a purpose. All of us. That we exist for a reason. That God has brought us together on purpose. He uses this language, which by the way, for our 21st century ears, can be a little bit like we all kind of peaked up a little bit when he said, but you are a chosen race. We all went, ooh, right? A little bit. I mean, if you're honest, you're like, oh, that's a weird language. But in, in his language, he's not talking about a specific race the way we think, that our connotations, our racial connotations about skin color and those things. That language of race is the same idea, sort of like nation, you are the Roman people or the Greek people or the Jewish people. And he's now saying that to be the baptized people of God is its own ethnicity, essentially is what he's getting at. You are called together from all of these other kinds of, of groups to being one people with one purpose. And that purpose is to be built up as living stones for a new temple. Our existence, we exist for the purpose of being built up for what? Built up for blessing. We are meant to be built into a community that welcomes people in and blesses them and cares for them. We each and every single one of us have a purpose. Now listen, if I wanted to get out of the priest gig and go into sort of like TED Talks and like promotional speaking and like all that stuff, I could do a whole thing about your individual purpose. People always try to get you to learn about your purpose and how you could be more purpose-filled and you could be more uh, achieving and successful. And I, there's a lot of money in that, Right? That's not what Peter is talking about. Look around this beautiful space at all of the bricks. Can I ask you a question about these bricks? Which one's your favorite? Right? It's a ridiculous question. It's not about the individual achievement of each brick or one of them being prettier than the others. It's about what happens when we put them together. It's we create a space where people are blessed. Likewise, when we are called into a life with Christ, when we are called into the Christian life, it is not about some individual accomplishment, although there are many, and they're beautiful. But it is about how our work feeds into the whole, how we care for one another, how we build a community that exists for blessing. That is our purpose. Whether it be inside this physical building or not, our purpose is to build blessing. To create a space, to create, whether it be a physical or a spiritual space, where the people with whom we interact know in that moment that they are loved. 
Know that they are loved, that they belong, that they have a place. This is why we exist. When Peter says that you all are a chosen people, he doesn't mean, isn't it great? We're the best. He means you are chosen for service. You are chosen to give your life for the blessing of others. We can forget that sometimes. And it's not that it makes us a bad person when we forget. It's not that it means we're going to hell when we forget. It means we're not being used for the purpose for which we were made. I think about March of 2020 when we closed the doors of this place. And I think about the fact that this building, which has been a place that people have come for, to be blessed for a long time, we were scared and we were nervous and we didn't know if coming together would actually harm one another. So we shut the doors. And I didn't even come very often. Honestly, I came once or twice in a couple months to get something out of my office. Part of the reason I didn't come is it was too depressing to be here. Because this building, which was built to bless, to gather, and to draw people in for the sake of being loved and cared for, could not be used for that purpose. Did it mean that it was, that was bad or wrong? No. Did it mean we were failing? No. But I was able to experience, as many of you were, the emptiness and sorrow of a community not being able to live for the purpose in which it was created. Now listen, we did a bunch of other beautiful things. We were church in a lot of special ways. Our church has been changed forever and we have ways to connect with this place that didn't exist before in ways that we can be drawn together in ways that didn't exist before. All of that is true and real and I love it. And also we want to acknowledge the grief we experienced in that loss. This is true for ourselves in our own lives. When we forget that we are made for the purpose of blessing, that we are made for community, made for one another, and we belong to each other. When we forget that, it's just like we're a brick that's been tossed out in a pile. No use, just sitting there. We forget our purpose, our calling, our belovedness, where we try to make it all about just what I need for myself rather than how I belong and how I help others to belong. When we remember what we are about, it's like what happens when we open the doors of this place. And people are drawn in. Just today, at the 8 a.m. service, we're over in the chapel, which is windows everywhere, and I'm celebrating the Eucharist, and there are runners running into the lobby because there's a big sign outside that says, you can use our bathroom, right? We used to have a sign that was like, we're cheering you on, which is nice. Now we have a sign that says like, but you can use the bathroom if you need to, which is like the real blessing for the runner, isn't it? Like that's an actual, like good work is great, but like we've got a bathroom, that's blessing, right? So I'm sitting here like, you know, the Lord be with you and also with you, and you know, we lift up our hearts, and there's like literal marathon runners running past the window to use our bathrooms, and I was like, it's happening. We're, gather we're gathering people for blessing. What's happening with them running in and using this space is not different from what's happening in the chapel when Eucharist is being celebrated. Blessing is occurring 
The doors are opened, the community is being drawn in, and we love one another and we remember what we're about. If we forget, we could just be like, the flying plague, it's happening in front of our church and that, that attendance goes down and people don't show up and we don't know where to park and blah, blah, blah. We could do all that. That would be fun. I love to be cranky just as much as anybody. It's a blast. But when we remember that we're part of a larger reality, part of a community, that we belong to one another, we have a role in this world to bless this world and to help people know their belovedness and their belongingness in real and practical and transformative ways, we are like stones that have been brought in from the pile and built up into something holy and beautiful and powerful and alive. We are alive in Christ Jesus when we are blessing one another. We are God's God's select, he has chosen us, God has chosen us to bless each other and to bless this world, and we can be single-minded about that. We are being given permission by God to be single-minded about being love in this world. You and I, we, together, we are built for blessing. It's why we exist individually and it's why we exist as a people. We know our purpose. I pray that God gives us the eyes to see that and then the courage to follow it wherever it will take us. In Jesus' name.